This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hola, bienvenidos, buongiorno. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm your flaming hot and spicy, seasonally depressed, iced coffee drinking, green tea a-sipping, Pinot Grigio 11 host, Lo Von Rumpf. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here with you today. No place I'd rather be than here with my low lifers. All right, nobody asked, but let's jump into mental health-wise. Solid 8.5 out of 10. That's right, putas. I'm feeling good this week. It's a B plus average. It's great because uh, I took a little bit of uh, a social media hiatus, taking some time off the gram, but it was really helpful for my psyche. I talked about it last week, but it helped me freed up a little bit of time for me. And I've been dealing with some family stuff too. I don't even think I mentioned this to you guys, but my dad, mi padre, he, uh, he had a bit of an accident. He fell very hard actually, and he shattered his shoulder and broke his humerus bone. Holy shit. And the humerus bone, which I learned is on the upper half of your body, the largest bone in your upper body. Um, that's his, you know, right arm and he's right-handed. So yeah, um, you know, thankfully, you know, he's very healthy. He's a strong guy. My dad's this six two pillar of strength. You know, he's the type of guy, he's a MacGyver is what we call him. He could fix everything. He's, you know, the handyman of the house. Whenever my friends need anything, you know, to fix anything, he's the one, you know, that will go and, and fix it for them. And he does the same for me. Um, so my dad not being able to physically exert himself and, and you know, move his right arm and have movement has been, it's been difficult for him. You know, I know he's really going through it. He's uncomfortable all the time and he's in pain, rightfully so. Um, but also just as a family, I realized how much my dad does like physically uh, around the house for the queen and, and just in general. And I'm like, dang, you know, it's, it's crazy having my dad, you know, down right now. I mean, we really felt it at Christmas. We have this 14 foot massive tree and my dad's the one who brings it in. He'll string all the lights, you know, he'll put the base on. It's a real tree every year. And so this year, you know, Father Christmas, me bothered it was down. So I had to step up to the plate and, and I did. Yeah, but it was, again, a lot of work and um, even taking the tree down, barely taking that Christmas tree down now. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it stayed up. You know what's so crazy though? This real Christmas tree, uh, you would think it's completely dead by now. And when uh, real trees start to die, the branches get super dry and all these pine needles just start to fall everywhere. And it's just a bitch to clean up. But uh, because the queen keeps her house so damn cold, it's like the North Pole up in the queen's home. Uh, so because of that, the tree is alive and well. It looks beautiful. <laughs> it hasn't aged a day uh, since Christmas. So <laughs> uh, we've wanted to just keep it up because it is so beautiful and it hasn't died at all because my mom keeps the freaking home set to, I don't know, like... 50 degrees. It's cold. It's frosty. Anyway, uh, but I'm going to have to help take the tree down. And unfortunately, my dad has to have surgery. Yeah, he's having surgery on Tuesday. Uh, so by the time you hear this podcast, he's already had his shoulder replacement surgery. He's having plates put into his shoulder. I'm nervous about it, though. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that my dad's young and he's hopefully going to be able to recover from this and be okay. But, you know, anytime someone gets put under, you know, you get nervous. And so if you could just send some good energy his way, 
T's and P's, thoughts and prayers, please. Uh, I would appreciate it so much, my low lifers. He'll have the surgery on Tuesday, uh, and then it's a, about a six-week recovery process. And luckily, he has a great surgeon, great doctors behind him. He's at Cedar sinai It's a great uh, hospital here in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, when he's recovering, I'm going to be helping him and taking him to his appointments. And he has you know physical therapy coming up. And so I definitely will be stepping up to the plate and helping me bother it out. You know, got to step it up for pops. But taking a break from social media kind of was the perfect time to do that because, you know, I could help with my dad and stuff that he needed. And, you know, I was working and, and there's just a lot being thrown my way. But I'm back on the gram now, coming back full throttle. And I was reading some of your DMs and several people messaged me. And I just, oh, I love my low lifers because you guys know me so well. I was cracking up because <laughs> a few listeners wrote it and said, hey, Lo, just checking in. You haven't been on the gram. We miss you. I'm sure you're, you know, taking care of yourself. You might be in a mental institution. <laughs> a couple people thought I was in rehab. <laughs> so um, that's very on brand. Yeah. And I love that my listeners, their first thought when they didn't see me on social media was, oh, he must be in rehab. <laughs> he must be in a mental institution. And yeah, uh, again, not wrong. Usually that probably would be the case, but I'm doing okay. I'm not in rehab. I haven't checked myself in anywhere yet. Uh, I'm just at home taking care of, again, home base, spending time with my family. And I've been watching some good TV. Oh, there's so many good shows out. But the one I've been watching right now, which is a bit of a throwback, but I'm obsessed with Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. The show came out years ago, like 2006, 2007. And then he had Another show called Hotel Hell. <laughs> so freaking good. Gordon Ramsay is my celebrity crush. I'm obsessed with him. The way he loses it, he'll just lay into chefs. I was watching one episode and he was like, you can't even f***ing run a restaurant. I wouldn't trust you to run a f***ing bath. Come on now. He's just ripping into this guy. And what I find so interesting about this show is he goes into these restaurants and he goes into them because they've wrote in because they're struggling. They're hurting. They're not going to make rent. You know, they're going to have to close their doors. They're having no patrons that are eating there. Shit isn't going well for them. So they need Gordon Ramsay to come in and, you know, make shit happen. You know, turn the place around so they could end up staying in business. But every time Gordon shows up to these restaurants, the chef in the kitchen serves him food, which is usually so nasty. Like 99% of the time, it's like so gross. <laughs> like The kitchen's filthy. There's roaches. Like the recipes are, you know, all, you know, frozen food. Nothing's fresh. You know, there's shit that's been, you know, in storage bins in the, in the back of their kitchen for, you know, five years expired. And, oh, it's just disgusting. Uh, but they are always so proud of that disgusting, nasty food that they're serving. And they're incredulous when Gordon Ramsay is like, this is, you know, the worst food I've ever tasted. This isn't mac and cheese. This is mac and shit. And the chefs always come back with, you know, well, customers seem to love it. Yeah, I disagree strongly with you, Gordon Ramsay, because my customers love it. I'm like, if they loved it, you wouldn't be on this show. You know, like you're in this position on Hell's Kitchen or not Hell's Kitchen. That's another show that Gordon Ramsay has. But um, they're on Kitchen Nightmares because, again, um, they need help because their recipes aren't good or there's something off, you know. Anyway, I was watching that show. It's on Hulu. 
Uh, and it's also on YouTube. And I was just binge watching them, cracking up. Also made me never want to eat out. So I'm like, all these kitchens are probably filthy that I'm ordering from. Can't be trusted. Uh, but then I was watching one episode of Hotel Hell, and Gordon Ramsay goes to Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. And all of the homes look like the house and Father of the Bride. Do you guys remember that house from Father of the Bride with Steve Martin, Diane Keaton? Oh, that house. I absolutely love it. Like with all the ivy growing up the house and, and the walkway, the, the cobblestone and brick walkways. And oh, I'm obsessed. Anyway, he goes to this hotel hell. It's kind of like a bed and breakfast. And uh, <laughs> place is disgusting. It's run by this lady who kind of looks like a witch. <laughs> <And> so <laughs> she uh, has this spot and it's just filthy and she hasn't had anybody staying there and when she does book guests to stay in her bed and breakfast they always end up wanting to leave or writing you know terrible reviews because it's disgusting you know the kitchen had like seven microwaves they didn't really use the stove they were boiling burgers they would cook the burgers ahead of time and then put them in the freezer for months defrost them in boiling water and serve that so sick. And then they were buying rotisserie chickens from like Ralph's or Vaughn's or Kroger, just buying a shit ton of rotisserie chickens that were discounted, buying them, you know, the ones that come in the bag and just stuffing those in their freezer. And then when, when guests would order, you know, any chicken dish, they would, <laughs> they would boil the rotisserie chicken or just throw it in the microwave and serve up a plate of microwave Kroger chicken for what, $15.99, you know, anyway. Gordon Ramsay was going in and just calling him out on all of this and saying, you guys need to use fresh ingredients and stuff. And, and he went into one of the bedrooms that they were going to have him stay in. And uh, <laughs> this bedroom was so disgusting and dirty. It looked like just like one of those homes that, you know, like never gets cleaned. It's just there's dust in all the corners. There's a bunch of little figurines and Oh, just my worst nightmare. But he's in this room and he has this thing to test to see the, the level of bacteria. So you take this swab and you can, you know, put it in the sink or the, the floor and, and, you know, a normal reading should be like a level 10. And this place was at like a level 800, uh, which is harmful for your health. You shouldn't be in that type of environment. You shouldn't be breathing that air. And so he shares that with the hotel owner and her staff. And he's saying, you know, this place is fucking disgusting. You know, there's all these germs and bacteria. It's a level 800, you know, passing grade is like eight to 10, but you guys are, you know, are off the charts. And, and the owner of this hotel, this crazy witch lady is looking at Gordon Ramsay, like she doesn't believe him. And so this one girl who's part of her staff is like, yeah, that makes sense that the bacteria germ rating would be so high uh, because, uh, <laughs> because the owner had diarrhea on the floor. <laughs> I'm watching this and I'm like, wait, what? And so Gordon Ramsay just looks like, hold up, wait, she had diarrhea and she shit all over the floor. See, the thing is, if I own this hotel and I was filthy and I had accidentally just shit all over the floor, I would never admit that on national television. There's just no way I would lie and say like, no, didn't do it. Sorry. And fire the person that's just embarrassing me because how am I going to ever live that down that I took a shit on the floor? <laughs> Gordon Ramsay is now stepping on the floor and seeing that there's fecal matter and, and bacteria and germs everywhere. Like that's just a lot. 
So anyway, this was her response. I'm going to play it for you <laughs> because she was basically like, well, oopsie daisy. She just had a look on her face like, hey, shit happens, literally. That's the carpet. You can't be that bad. We get a lot of bikers, bicyclists Karen, and hikers. You're paying $130 to get out of bed and step on a disgusting, stinking carpet. It smells like there's crap all over the floor. Probably because there's crap on the floor. Probably. Could be. What does that mean, could be? My first shift here, you were in the bathroom, and I think you had an accident on the floor, on the mat. What? Oh, my god. I mean, yeah. There have been times when I have had diarrhea, but it doesn't happen very often. The, um, no, I, I didn't realize that there was that problem. There are times I've had diarrhea. Oh, my God. Anyway, I've been watching Hotel Hell, and I absolutely love the show. And Gordon Ramsay is everything I needed more. I definitely have a crush on Mr. Ramsay because as much as he could be aggressive and be a total dick and just rip apart these restaurants, which I love, um, at the same time, he's also very sweet. And he's really rooting for these people you know, to succeed and wanting them to do well. You know, he just has more of a tough love approach. Uh, but anyway, he's also on Instagram and TikTok, and he's just so sweet with his daughter. So, you know, I he has that, you know, hard-ass exterior, but he's a total softy on the inside, and he's very cute with his daughters. And, yeah, there's just something so hot about him. Anyway, that's Gordon Ramsay, Hotel Hell, and also Kitchen Nightmares, throwback shows uh, that I'm loving right now, and you might love them too. <laughs> Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little bit more of your scalp? Has menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline? When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted whole-body approach. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over one million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. I'm excited to have Nutrafol as a sponsor because I use it. I love it. I'm a big fan of this company. I've noticed a big difference in my skin, nails, hair. Even my sleep has improved since I started taking this. Now I have the queen taking it too, and it has been a game changer for her hair. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. I love me a good edible moment. I talk about it all the time on this show. And so I was so excited that Via became a sponsor of the Low Life Podcast. Oh, this is a dream partnership because I love their edibles. They're so delicious. And they're coming on right in time for Valentine's Day. Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. We're talking about pairing aphrodisiac herbs with a mild amount of THC. Their best-selling High Love gummy will awaken your senses, increases the blood flow, and intensifies any sexual experience, even if it's a solo experience. It's going to be amazing with this gummy. The strawberry-flavored one is my favorite. They're vegan. Organic ingredients are used. They have zero THC products as well. So if you're not down for THC, that's okay, boo. Their CBD line is amazing too, which is really great for sleep, focus, and energy. 
Their products range from 2 milligrams to 50 milligrams of THC, so there's definitely something for everybody. My favorite part about this sponsor is that they ship to all 50 states legally with discreet packaging directly to your door. It makes it so easy breezy for you. No medical card required. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code LOWLIFE to receive 15% off plus one free sample of their Sleepy Dreams gummies. 21 and over. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com and use code LOWLIFE at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. I'm all about leveling up with my lowlifers this year. As a fashion stylist, the first place I want to start, of course, is leveling up your closet. But I don't want you to break the bank. You don't got to spend a lot of money, honey. Design on a dime, boo. You can still elevate your closet on a budget. We want you to save some money here. So I'm happy to have Quince as a sponsor. They are here for us. They're going to take good care of us. At Quince, I get high-end, versatile pieces at affordable prices. All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Oh, they're amazing. I bought these beautiful silk pillowcases for my bed. I got a cute jacket, a cozy cashmere cardigan, and navy blue joggers I'm obsessed with. These are staple pieces for my closet that will not go out of style, and I was able to save some money. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash lowlife for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash lowlife to get free shipping and 365-day returns, quince.com slash lowlife. But let's get into today's episode of the Low Life Podcast. This isn't going to be a Gordon Ramsay tribute episode. <laughs> On today's episode, I'm going to be answering questions from the low lifers. These are fashion questions that you guys have submitted. And I did an episode talking about fashion do's and don'ts and trends and everything for 2021, but there were so many questions that came in from the lowlifers, and I didn't get to answer all of them. And there's some great questions. So on today's episode, I'll be answering your fashion questions. And I love these solo episodes because it's me and the lowlifers. That's the way I started out this podcast. So I always love doing these ones and getting to answer your questions. So on today's episode, I'll be going over the lowlifers questions and answering the age-old debate of flats versus heels, the how-to guide, also a 2022 closet audit, the top six things you need to get rid of in your closet for a new year. I'll talk about the trends that I hate, some that I love, also how to take your style from basic and boring to bold and fashion forward this new year. So without further ado, let's jump into today's very special fashion episode of the Low Life Podcast. Hit it! All right, let's start it off with the first question coming in hot from Lindsay in Vancouver. Oh, a little Canadian maple delight. All right, Lindsay writes, Lo, I cannot wear high heels right now. I have a couple weddings and events coming up, and I love how I look in heels, uh, but they honestly just kill my feet, and I don't have a good time. Are flats okay to wear to formal or fancier events? Question mark. The answer is yes, absolutely, Lindsay. Uh, if you are going to go the flats route, which... I love the look of flats. I think it's super chic. Um, but there are some style guidelines that I like to live by when it comes to how to style flats properly. So if you want to wear them to a formal event like a wedding or a cocktail party, again, totally fine. But you just have to make sure that your dress isn't on the super glitzy side, heavily embellished or sequined. A dress that has a fancier feeling, you know, with 
embellishments and lots of sequins. That requires a heel to match that really formal tone, but you can still rock flats with formal wear. But I feel like if you do it, the dress can't be over the top. You need, you need to go more classic and simple chic route, and you definitely need to commit to the play. So make your flats the finishing touch to your outfit that really elevates the look rather than having your flats just as an alternative option, like an afterthought, because you didn't want to wear heels. Like sometimes I'll see someone wearing a beautiful cocktail dress and the flats are so boring. They're just like basic black ballet flats, which is fine, but it doesn't really do anything for the outfit. You know, so if you're wearing, you know, this classic chic dress and let's say it's a bold color or a fun pattern and you're going to an event, you know, and it doesn't matter what the length of the dress is, if it's T length or maxi or mini, you could really punch up the look with a flat going with a, a metallic pointed toe. I feel like that would look beautiful. If I was styling a client, that's the first thing that would pop into my head. Like maybe I should go metallic pointed toe or a satin finished ballet slipper that will really elevate the look. Love that. So let's say you're going to a wedding and you decided to wear a forest green dress, for example. Okay. I would pair that dress with a metallic gold or a rose gold or even a rich chocolate brown satin finished ballet flat. Oh, so chic, so elevated. And it will look beautiful. Like it really will make your outfit look very intentional and not like you just decided to to wear flats because you hate heels. You know, like there's purpose behind it. And the outfit just gets really pulled together with the flats. And like if it's a daytime event, a daytime wedding or a you know, daytime type cocktail party, you want to go more laid back, more stylish, then go with a leopard or, you know, like a camel brown type flat would look beautiful. Um, I treat leopard print like a neutral. Um, so if you ever want to just punch up an outfit a bit, make it pop, look a little bit more fashion forward, Carrie Bradshaw moment, throw some leopard in there. It pretty much goes with everything. Um, and it looks very chic. All right. Next question comes from Steven in New York city. And he writes, Hey, Lo, I always read about style experts talking about their favorite fashion trends, but what about the bad ones? Trends to avoid. Are there any trends that you hate for 2022? I trust your opinion and want to look my best because I'm going back to work very soon. And I just started dating again and I want to look fly. Help me out, Lo. All right, Stephen, I will definitely help you out. Congrats on getting back to work and entering the dating world again. The thing about fashion trends is they always come back around. They're cyclical. When it comes to trends, you know, there's not a lot that I actually hate because I look at fashion like complete freedom and something that doesn't work well on me, you know, might work very well on someone else like low rise jeans, for example not my favorite. I don't like to style clients in low rise. It's a tough silhouette to pull off. That's the main thing for me is silhouette is so important. As long as the silhouette looks great, then I could usually get behind a trend. Um, but you know, I have to say lo low rise jeans aren't for me, but if you could rock them and you love them, then you do you boo. Um, but one trend that I, I actually do hate, and it's just, again, a style preference for me. Um, but I do not love the trend of square toed heels. Oh, like that platypus look. There's a lot of people who are obsessed with them right now. You know, it's like the platypus boots. They were so big in the 90s, and I'm shocked that they're coming back. Like, that's one trend I didn't think would be cyclical, and I wouldn't be seeing that in 2022. But instead of a rounded toe or a pointed toe shoe, uh, it's a square toe. And I'm seeing them in women's shoes, women's boots, and men's shoes as well. And ugh. I hate it. I'm not a fan at all. I think they're hideous. I just, again, I don't like the look of it. And big designers are doing them. There's also this trend of the camel toe boot. <laughs> I, 
I hate them so much. Uh, Maison Margiela did the camel toe boot. They're super expensive. I think they're like, what, 700 bucks? But it's just not a good look. Uh, they make them for men and women as well. Um, but it's this, this boot and the toe. It looks like a camel toe. Ugh. Anyway, again, not a fan. I'd say I hate that trend. Another trend I hate, which is more for guys, I don't mind it as much if I see, you know, females wearing this particular trend, but I just don't like the look of the pants that look like sprayed to the body and then they'll cut like right at the ankle so you could see, you know, like bare ankles. And ugh, I don't mind a skinny jean. I still wear them all the time. But again, there's a fine line between a skinny jean and like a super skinny. It looks like it was painted on your body. You might as well just wear a pair of leggings at that point. You know, they're so damn tight. Also, I can't stand when guys wear suits that are tailored so close to their body. Like if they just like breathe out, the suit's just going to like just pop. Like I hate that look. Uh, I think it looks ridiculous when the suits are so tailored. You know, I get wanting it to fit properly. Of course, it should be tailored. You shouldn't have too much room, but a little room's nice. Instead of it being like a skinny leg suit, like don't alter your pants like that. My kings out there, you know, I know it's again, a big trend. A lot of guys love it. I've had some of my clients even ask, you know, I want to wear a skinny pant. I'm like, okay, you do you. But again, it's just not something that I personally think looks great. Uh, so I prefer a, a slim straight leg. I think that looks great. Even on uh, women's suits as well. You know, if you do a tuxedo pant, have it fitted, have it tailored to fit your body. And so it's, you know, it looks good. Um, but it doesn't need to be like painted on like a legging, like that type of vibe. You know, when you sit, it looks uncomfortable, especially with guys. You got your nuts. It's just, ugh, no, like relax a little bit. You know, don't have baggy pants, although the baggy pant trend, I do love that with denim. So cute on both men and women. But when it comes to suiting, again, tailored fit but not overly tight. So I guess, yeah, those are trends I can't stand for 2022. Plus they just look uncomfortable. That's part of the reason why I don't like them because just seeing it, I'm like, ow, oh, I feel like oh, I just want to like pop the button for you or just take your freaking hooves out of that camel toe. Ugh. Anyway, next question comes from Stephanie in Georgia. Oh, little Southern Belle Stephanie in Georgia writes, my closet is packed. I have a hard time letting go of pieces that I splurged and spent money on. I've now taken over my husband's side of the closet low, and part of my wardrobe is now spilling into the guest room closet as well. I start editing my closet, but then I get overwhelmed. I get distracted with my kids, and working from home isn't making it any easier. I lose the momentum to finish cleaning, and I end up just putting it off until I'm fed up all over again, and the vicious cycle continues. I know I just need to go in there one weekend and just do it. It's easier said than done. Any tips or advice would be so appreciated. Thanks, Lo. All right, Stephanie and Georgia, you're right. It is actually so much easier said than actually doing it. And the thing is, it's so much more than just going into your closet one weekend, devoting some time and cleaning shit out. There's so much more to it because the thing is, you know, I've experienced this and I'm sure if you're listening to this right now, you've gone through it too. Um, but your closet, your room, you know, the inside of your car, your home is a really good indicator of what the hell is happening in your mind. I was talking to my therapist about this when I was going through it, and I was going through the same thing, very similar situation, you know, minus the kids. Um, but I was feeling just overwhelmed and stressed. And my therapist told me, you know, a messy home is a messy mind. A messy home with clutter and shit everywhere goes hand in hand with how your brain is able to actually function. 
it really reflects, it's a good indication of what you're going through psychologically. So I hear professional organizers, I've watched the YouTube videos, you know, I've had therapists say this to me and just hearing people over the years talking about how important it is to keep your place clean, you know, have a routine, make sure you keep your place tidy, getting rid of clutter. And I know from, again, personal experience, it's so much more than just picking a weekend on the calendar and knowing that you're going to get rid of shit and clean out your closet and start cleaning out your place. It's, again, so much heavier. There's so much more to it. It's psychological. And that could be one of the reasons why it's difficult for most people to actually do it. Cleaning out your closet and organizing your home and getting your place squared away can literally feel like you are climbing Mount Everest if you're depressed anxious or just feeling off. It seems like the biggest task in the world. It's overwhelming and I could get why you wouldn't want to do it. But I've been in that position before. I mean, I just went through it recently with the pandemic. You know, I was staying at home and I noticed I was cluttering and I wasn't throwing things out and my place was becoming super unorganized and I felt like I was getting a little lazy with my routine and and I was just feeling so overwhelmed, depressed because I wasn't working, stressed and there's so many different contributing factors you know, that play a part in why you don't want to actually clean your place, whether it's a breakup or sickness or a job change or job loss or loss in general, you could be grieving. So first things first, just give yourself some grace. That's what I had to do in that situation. It's like, you know what? I'm acknowledging the fact that I'm not in a good place mentally. So that's the first thing, but I had to give myself some wins. And for me, taking a weekend to just clear out my place, it sounded great in theory. Like I was like, all right, I'm going to take Saturday and Sunday. I'm not going out. I'm not going to be seeing anybody. I'm just going to be cleaning my place and just really, you know, taking the bull by the horns and, and getting shit done. And just like you, Stephanie, I bit off more than I could chew. And then I just felt like a failure. I felt more depressed because I couldn't get it done. And I like living my life organized. I love structure and I usually keep my place pretty freaking tidy. Uh, so for me to, you know, spiral in this way was really just throwing me off. So what I decided to do, and maybe this could help you, Stephanie, is instead of looking at the big picture and getting overwhelmed and biting off more than I could chew, I just split it up into baby steps so that I could give myself some wins. And I started off really small, just like 15 minute intervals of cleaning. So I would tell myself, all right, you know, today I'm going to clean up my place for 15 minutes. What could I do in 15 minutes uninterrupted? And, and what could I accomplish in my place? And, you know, I'd start off by just picking up laundry, getting that together. Okay, boom. That was it for the day. But those little wins started to add up every single day. And then I started doing, okay, two 15-minute intervals. Then it became three. I'd split it up. Then I'd give myself a reward. If I did 15 minutes of cleaning, then I'd do, you know, 15 minutes being on social media or I'd, you know, order something on Postmates. <laughs> so, first world problems. But I was, you know, basically just trying to get in the routine and give myself little baby wins throughout the week instead of just taking it all head on at once. So 15 increased to 45 to two hours. And then before I knew it, I started feeling good and seeing that, oh, it felt nice to have all my laundry put away or get rid of all those tangled cords that I had, you know, wrapped up in a little pile in a bag. Like I don't need all of those. So again, I was just giving myself those small wins, taking it in little increments. And I will say when it comes to cleaning out your closet, um, you could break it up into increments. There are six things that you can definitely get rid of right out the gate. These are things you don't need in your closet anymore. They're weighing your mind down, weighing you down. They're taking up space in your home and in your mind. If you think of it that way as well, it's a little paradigm shift for everything you clear out that leaves a little bit more space in your mind and your home. 
So you're doing something to give yourself a win. So the six things that you can get rid of your closet each day, pick one of those things and go through and and clean it out. But again, it's splitting it up so it just doesn't feel like a daunting, overwhelming task that you're going to fail at. All right, so the first thing you should throw out, shoes that hurt. If they kill your feet, toss them to the streets. You know, those red soles, the Louboutins, they're played out anyway. They're not comfortable. Nobody likes wearing Louboutins. And if you do, you're lying or you're a unicorn. <laughs> they're just, they're cut just very narrow um, and, and very high. So again, um, they could be uncomfortable for people. So I'd say let go of the old heels, the Louboutins, the YSL tribute pumps. They're sitting in your closet like a dusty museum of 2007 relics. It's just time to let those old shoes and heels go. Number two, throw out anything you haven't worn in the past two years. I usually say in the last year, but because of the pandemic for the last two, you know, I'm bending the rule a little bit. Even if you've only worn it once, Uh, still toss it out. It's fine. Just get rid of it. It's time for you to take charge right now and do some serious editing of your closet. Number three, throw out any bridesmaids dresses or groomsmen suits that you have in the closet collecting dust. I know when you got it, the bride or the groom told you it's a cute cocktail dress. It's a great suit. You could wear it for another event. You could have it for you know, normal life for, you know, future stuff coming up. And maybe you actually got to utilize that dress once or that suit, but chances are you probably didn't. I have this Navy three-piece suit and the groom was like, I know I'm having all of the groomsmen buy it. You know, it's a thousand dollars. It's a big ask, Um, but don't worry because you'll get to wear it. It's a great staple suit that you could have in your closet. And I was like, that's true. Yeah, sure. Okay. I haven't worn the suit once. And the thing is, even though it is a classic Navy suit, when I put it on, I instantly feel like I'm in a wedding. It just has like a wedding suit vibe to it. Anyway, donation, get rid of it. Number four, clean your closet of your expensive mistakes. The never been worn, you got something designer on a deal and you love it. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to wear this one day. This is so chic. This is so beautiful. What a steal. You know, I got it 60% off clearance you know, and and I'm just going to save it for the right moment. And it's been years and you haven't had that moment yet. It's time to donate it. Or if you don't want to donate it because you spent money on it or you splurged and it wasn't a sale item, you know, I get wanting to hold on to it, especially me as a stylist. Oh, it's so difficult for me to get rid of clothes. Oh, I'm over here preaching like, get rid of it all. Um, but I've struggled with it the most because I look at a lot of the pieces I have like, little works of art, little pieces of my history. So you know, I'm really attached to a lot of these pieces. And again, it is really hard. Um, but one thing that I've loved to do is I end up, instead of donating it, I sell it on like a Poshmark or at a consignment store because then I'm getting money for it. So that feels great. Um, but also I know it's going into someone else's closet and it will shine there. You know, I had my moment with it or not. And now it has an opportunity to live with somebody else. All right, the fifth thing to get rid of in your closet is multiples of your favorite things. I'm talking bomber jackets, the 10 pairs of sweats you've shoved into a drawer, pajama bottoms you've collected over the years for all the different holidays, seven maxi dresses you have hanging in your closet. They've become your uniform now. Get rid of it. Get rid of them all. No, not <laughs> no, don't get rid of them all. But I would say if you have multiples of things, Um, it's okay to cut it down. Pick your top two or your top three, or for every one you keep, you give one away, that sort of a thing. 
there are some things it's okay to have multiples of, you know, like workout gear, for example, leggings, that sort of stuff. Yeah. If you're working out, sweating, you know, a few days a week, I get if you want multiples of something, so you don't have to keep rewashing everything every single time you can get rid of the multiples that you have in your closet and it will be a game changer. But for the most part, when it comes to the multiple things you have in your closet, you're good with like one or two. You don't need as many that you probably have. So give it to somebody else and let those extra maxi dresses you're letting go of, you know, spark some joy with a new person. That's also a good thing when it comes to donating. There are specific organizations and homeless shelters that you can donate to specifically. Um, so you know your stuff is going to help people in need. That also is amazing. And there's one specific charity I love working with, and I've been working with them for years. It's called Working Wardrobes, and they'll take the clothes donated to them, and they'll put outfits together and organize them so people that are getting back into the workforce, you know, specifically women of domestic abuse, women who have come out of rehab facilities, women who've lost everything, can now get back into the workforce and have some chic, beautiful clothes that have been donated by people. Um, so yeah, for men and women, of course. Uh, but there's a specific women's working wardrobe branch that I always donate to. But anyway, check your local area because I'm sure there's a shelter that could definitely use some clothes. So you could always send your stuff there. Blankets, shoes are a hot commodity too. You know, having shoes. I have a ton of shoes that I've worn a few times, uh, but I'm like, I'm never going to wear these again, realistically. But there's someone who will end up loving them. So again, donate it, get rid of it. And number six, the last thing to get rid of in your closet is shitty hangers. That's right. Change out all your hangers. Make sure you have matching ones. It's so satisfying. It's a great way to organize your closet. Your mind will start to clear as you're changing out all your hangers. And it helps because your closet won't look like a fucking disaster. <laughs> yeah, it will start to be more cohesive. The thing is, when it comes to choosing the perfect hanger, I personally love the uh, black velvet hangers because they're thin, they're stackable, and I have a lot of stuff so it could fit a lot of clothing, um, but they break just looking at them. You know, they're not the most durable, um, but they're the most convenient for me. Some people like wooden hangers. I love the look of a wooden hanger, but I don't have the closet space to handle uh, that amount of wooden hangers. Um, but again, once you have your closet looking cohesive with all the same hangers and you take that task on because as you start switching out all the hangers, getting rid of the dry cleaning ones and the plastic ones. Oh, I hate plastic hangers. Uh, anyway, once you start getting rid of them, as you're going through, you're going to realize, oh, I don't need this. Actually, I don't want to bother putting one of my new beautiful black velvet hangers on this piece of shit garment that I haven't worn in three years. You know what I mean? So you can end up getting rid of stuff, just tricking your mind into letting stuff go because it's more work to switch out the hangers. So yeah, get rid of those shitty hangers and everything in your closet will again be more cohesive and match and you will feel much better about life. And just a side note, when it comes to cleaning out your home, junk drawers, getting rid of stuff, unpacking, you know, storages and, you know, garages get filled with shit all the time. And you know, I've seen the show Hoarders. And I'm like, oh my God, it's that show stresses me out. <laughs> it's like watching a train wreck. Um, but what I've noticed when it comes to people that hold on to stuff is you have to have grace and patience for people that are going through it because it's not easy having that much shit in your life. It's not easy holding on to all that stuff. And I know just for example, you know, with my dad, you know, he grew up poor, 17 siblings. 
didn't have money. Everything was pretty much hand me down. You know, it's interesting though, because if you talk to him, he loved his childhood. <laughs> he was like, it was great, uh, but he went without a lot of things, and you know, it was always hand me downs and. And so because of that, you know, he has this scarcity mindset. So it's really tough for him to let things go. It's really tough for him to throw things out, donate things that could be valuable, stuff that he could need. He will still want to hold on to it. And even though I can get frustrated at times because my mom's the complete opposite, the queen, oh, she's a minimalist. And she grew up with more of a scarcity mindset as well. But now if she has any clutter or she feels like things aren't organized and, you know, and put in a very specific place and everything is labeled and she just doesn't function well as a human. So she has to have that clutter-free environment so that her mind is decluttered. But I've definitely gone through it with my dad. I was moving stuff out of the garage and he has this weight set that he's had for years. He had it when he was in the Marine Corps. So it's been, you know, over 20 years and it's just old. You know, it had like Dookie had pissed on it at one point. And so it just kind of was rusting and it was just, again, not needed, had to get rid of it. And he didn't want to let it go because he's like, well, no, you know, when I start lifting weights again, I'll be in the garage. Like, I want this weight set. It's a great weight. I paid top dollar for it back in what? 96. I'm like, dad, it's time to let this weight set go. I'm going to buy you a brand spanking new, beautiful top of the line, whatever. I'll buy you a gym membership, whatever you want. Just let's get rid of this like piss smelling old ass weight set. So he agreed to get rid of it. But it's so interesting because this was a while ago um, before the pandemic even hit. But when the pandemic hit, and we were all stuck at home. And I, I went to stay with my parents. And <laughs> I was like, you know what? I need to order a weight set so I can start trying to work out at home. And he goes, well, you made me get rid of mine. Could have used it. Could have used it now, huh? It was a perfectly good top of the line weight set with all the bells and whistles, you know, all the equipment you would have needed. And you got rid of it all. Like, and he was just like, honestly upset <laughs> that he didn't have that old weight set for me to use. But again, I, I see where he's coming from. And, and rather than me insult him and be like, well, dad, you're a hoarder. <laughs> like, that's what I used to say when I was a teenager. Be like, yeah, you just hold on to so much shit because you're a freaking hoarder. Like, well, no, you know, he does hold on to stuff, but there's reasoning behind it. And if we dig a little bit deeper, I should have some empathy and patience and understanding of why he's doing that and be a little bit more kind in how I approach the situation, handle it in baby steps. So I'm not going to completely gut out his garage at once. We're going to handle it in small increments until we finally have it completely decluttered. And that's exactly what we did. That's the way the queen approached it. And that's the way I handled it too. So again, break it down, baby steps, give yourself some grace, show some grace and kindness to others, you know, and, and hopefully you could have a clear mind, a clear closet and an even clearer home going into the new year. Is your new year's resolution to find time-saving solutions so you can spend less time doing things like grocery shopping and more time with your little one? As a busy parent, I'm always looking for products and brands that will make my life easier. What is one change that's easy to make that will make your life easier in 2024? Little Spoon. Little Spoon delivers fresh, healthy meals and snacks that your kiddo will love for every eating stage. Little Spoon is a one-stop shop for healthy, easy mealtime and snack time for your baby, toddler, and big kid delivered right to your door. Their goal is to make keeping your kid healthy feel like the easiest part of your day so that you can cut through all the drama of mealtime. Time-saving and convenient without compromise. Little Spoon delivers baby blends, biteables, plates, smoothies, snacks, and lunchers. Kids love it, and you will too. 
It's all so fresh, so delicious, and made with the cleanest, high-quality ingredients. Did I mention it all comes right to my door? So flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. I pick the menu and change it up what I order every time. The price is right, the quality is unmatched. I love it, my kids love it, the grandparents love it, and I know all you lowlifers will love it too. A huge win-win-win for my family, and it can also be for yours. Simplify your kiddo's mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash lowlife and enter our code lowlife at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. All right, next question comes in hot from Megan in Portland, Oregon. Oh, I love Portland, Oregon. Okay, Megan writes, Lo, I need help with my style aesthetic. I'm in a rut. My closet is pretty much black with a few neutrals. I'm a basic bitch. (laughs) I love the idea of wearing bold colors, and I see people wearing playful and funky, stylish, cool outfits, but I feel like I'm out of my league, and I'm so lost when I try it out for myself. No clue how to put it together. It overwhelms me when I try to change it up, so I end up just going back to my tried-and-true basic bitch attire that I feel comfortable in. Your clients always look so chic and put together in bold looks, but I just can't afford half the shit they are wearing. Please help. (laughs) All right, Megan, help is on the way, Mrs. Doubtfire style. Help is on the way, dear! Mrs. Doubtfire! Help Help is on the way, dear! Here we go. So the thing is, there's two approaches you can take to spicing up your closet, changing your personal style aesthetic. So the first thing is you already have a great foundation of basics in your closet. I know you say it's basic bitch wardrobe, but those basics are the fundamental building blocks for you to have a more stylish, beautiful fashion style aesthetic. Okay. So, all right, let's just take an outfit that you wear all the time. It's your tried and true, very comfortable look. And let's say it's, you know, a simple black turtleneck, great pair of jeans, and, uh, and you throw on a leather jacket with that. Nothing wrong with that. Super chic. Kind of love it, actually. But the first approach you can take is using these staple outfits that you feel very comfortable in already and just adding a little spice to them and add spice through jackets, shoes, accessories, a cool hat. I have like a thousand snapbacks, bags, shoes, anything like that. Um, Funky jewelry. You can get affordable costume jewelry so you don't have to spend a lot of money adding to your closet. And again, you already have your staple outfits. You just want to change it up a little bit. So take a coat that you usually wear or a trench coat and switch out the belt. Maybe do a funky color or something patterned so you can kind of, you know, spice up the look and look more stylish instead of feeling like you're always wearing the same thing over and over. I have one client and she loves to wear all black and neutrals pretty much all the time, like camel browns, you know, chocolate brown, a lot of creams, off-whites. But I would take these outfits she had. One in particular that she loved wearing all the time was this cream sweater with a pair of camel brown pants. It was very Diane Keaton. So I would change up the look, spice it up for her by changing her outerwear and getting her these beautiful coats in different colors, different patterns and textures, and throw on a fun shoe with it. Then she was like, oh my God, I love my staple outfit, but I always get to change it with my coats and my shoes. Sometimes I throw in a colorful bag. So again, still keeping it in her comfort zone of something she loved to wear right out of her closet. But again, adding that spice, that flair, a little pop of color once in a while with different accessories, belts, bags, shoes, hats, jackets, that sort of a thing. The other approach you can take to curating a beautiful, stylish, bold look, the kind of looks you see on the fashion influencers on Instagram or 
in magazines of a model casually going to get coffee, but she looks so chic and put together in a perfectly color-blocked outfit. Um, But curating that look, putting it together is not easy. It's an art form. But when it comes to me styling my clients and making sure they have a banging outfit, the easiest comparison I could make to my method when it comes to styling is the same method I use when it comes to cooking. All right, so if you're in the kitchen, you're cooking up something, let's say it's a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, I love a good grilled cheese. Oh, that sounds so good right now. Okay, that's the star of the show. Let's say the grilled cheese is the focal point. Boom. What goes nice with a grilled cheese sandwich? What will complement the flavors? What will really be a nice pairing? Automatically, my mind goes to a tomato soup. Dipping that grilled cheese into tomato soup. I'm starving right now. (laughs) But yeah, a grilled cheese tomato soup bomb.com. So in regards to your wardrobe, you kind of have to think of it in that type of mindset as well. That's what I do when I'm planning outfits, at least is what's the star of my show. You know, if I'm cooking a roasted chicken, for example, okay, it's an herb roasted chicken. I love making herb roasted chicken for my family and friends. So if I'm preparing that dish, that's the focal point. I really want that to stand out. What pairs nice, what goes well on the plate to bring out all those flavors. I'm going to do a mashed potato. Love a classic mashed potato. Not any kind of mashed potato, though. I want that mashed potato to have some garlic and some herbs, some rosemary in there. So garlic, rosemary, mashed potato, a little sprinkle of parsley on top. Gordon Ramsay special over here. And that is going to go nice on the plate. And then, of course, let's do a vegetable, asparagus. But I have to punch up the asparagus, spice it up a little bit. The best pairing for asparagus on this plate would be a smoked paprika. So olive oil, smoked paprika, some sea salt, pepper, a little bit of garlic. Bake that in the oven. Top it with a little bit of Parmesan cheese. Get it nice and crispy. Serve it up on the plate. But now if you look at all the different flavor profiles, all the different textures and flavors on the plate, it works together cohesively. And it's delicious. Five stars. So if you take that approach into styling yourself, I feel like you'll have a win. So let's say, for example, Megan, you have a red sweater, okay? You love red sweaters. Great. Take that red sweater. That's your focal point. And now you want to build around that. So automatically, your brain, think what colors contrast with red or complement red. Right away, let's go with complementary colors. You know, a tangerine orange, a royal purple looks beautiful. Camel browns look great uh, with red as well. So maybe you can incorporate those colors in your accessories, you know, in a handbag, in a shoe. Automatically, you're already taking this outfit to another level because you're starting to build something that's more fashionable and stylish. You could also do a fun print, go with some gingham print, checkered, florals, anything like that adds texture, dimension, and points of interest for an outfit. But you're starting off again with just that simple red sweater and just building from there and have some fun with it. It's like cooking. Some people hate cooking, just like some people hate shopping or or putting outfits together, <laughs> but you should be having fun with it, taking chances. It's not always going to work, you know, but that's again what's fun and playful about it because fashion is freedom. And so have some fun and uh and just try out some different things that you normally wouldn't do. And by just spicing up your wardrobe and starting with the focal point and building from there, you're going to elevate your style game to another level. Oh, and another little rule I have uh, when it comes to styling is if you are ever in doubt, monochromatic is the route. 
always go monochromatic. You really can't go wrong. Nine times out of 10, you're going to hit a home run. So let's say you have a beautiful pair of gray suede boots. You love them. That's your focal point. So let's start from there. Build your wardrobe with different grays. Do a dark gray, a charcoal gray, you know, a pale gray. Mix those. Throw on a black leather jacket with it. And it looks really chic and put together and super cohesive. But it's not just a simple outfit because you're mixing all these different gray tones. There's interest there. And you already look so much more fashionable. So hopefully that helps. All right, we have time for one more question. This one is coming in hot from Janine in the UK who writes... Hey, Lo, I have been struggling with my weight and I don't fit into any of my favorite pieces in my closet. I hate it. I have gone up a few sizes and it's really getting to me mentally. So I've committed to working out again and I am determined to fit into my cute clothes by summer. I'm in that in-between phase getting my body back so I don't want to spend on new clothes because I know I'm losing weight, but I need a few basics to get me through. Any fashion tips on how to look stylish in this in-between phase I'm in before I meet my goal? All right, I love that you are in the zone, Janine. You're wanting to feel good mentally and physically and putting in the work. That's great. And a lot of people have that goal in mind. So I completely get it. But your question uh, reminds me a lot of something that recently happened with a client. And I have this client and she was used to being a very specific size. And I would always pull clothes for her for red carpets and ready to wear. And she had gained some weight. She had gone through some stuff and she wasn't that size anymore. And she told me, I don't want you to spend or pull any clothes that aren't the size that I originally was. I'm going to work my ass off and get to the point where I could fit into my clothes again. I don't want anything in between. You know, I, you know, I have some, some shit that I bought that's cheap just to get me through, but I don't want to spend money until I'm my ideal weight and size. And she told me this and I gave her some pushback. Because I think you should celebrate every size that you are. It doesn't matter what size you are. You deserve to look good and feel good and be confident and have clothes that actually fit you and wear stylish outfits and look chic. It doesn't matter what size you are. You can look great at literally every size. I also feel like from a stylist perspective, when it comes to designers, they all size so differently. Depending on where you're at, the UK, Australia, you know, European sizing, American sizing. And then, of course, between brands and designers, they have their own system of sizing in itself there, too. And it varies depending on where you're going, what stores you're shopping at. So, again, don't beat yourself up when it comes to sizing and don't get so stuck on a specific number because you're just going to end up feeling like a failure because just know a size two could be a size six in another designer. And so, again, there's certain designers I have to go up like four sizes for. That's totally okay. I feel like all of us struggle at some point in our lives with body image and we can feel insecure. And of course, Instagram doesn't help that we're seeing what other people look like. And it's just a lot with social media and comparative culture. And, you know, it's so easy to just beat yourself up and look in the mirror and pick yourself apart. And there's some advice the queen gave me a while ago, and it really stuck with me. And I take this advice to heart because it's helped me a lot. And I always used to beat myself up and I had to just stop, take a beat. I was talking to the queen and she was telling me that she had put on some weight. She wasn't feeling good about herself. And the reason why she had put on weight was because she had switched up her medication. And one of the side effects is weight gain. Uh, So the medication that she was on, and she also was grieving 
So that combination ended up causing weight gain for her. And she said she was looking in the mirror and instead of, again, beating herself up, being her own worst critic on herself and just, you know, wishing she was a different size that she was used to, she said she looked in the mirror and she started to thank her body, thanking her body for getting it to this point and looking at the extra pounds that she had on instead of being so hurtful and negative to herself about it. She looked at that weight that she had on her body as actual armor armor that protected herself. She had medication that made her put on weight. She grieved, she put on some more weight. And that was all a defense mechanism to protect her heart, protect her spirit so that she could get through to the next season of her life, to the next chapter. So she thanked her body and said, you know what? This is all armor. And I'm at the point in my life right now, Miho, where I'm ready to lose some of that armor. I'm ready to shed that chapter of my life and go into the next season but I'm not going to beat myself up along the way to get there. I'm not going to hate on myself. I'm not going to punish myself by not looking good, looking cute, putting outfits together. I'm still going to be positive. I'm still going to thank my body and I'm going to appreciate where I am at this exact moment in life. Uh, Because, you know, the fact that you could even have the ability to work out is something people don't have sometimes, you know, the fact that you could even lose that weight, you have that option. You know, that's something to be thankful for in itself. Not to get all TED talky on you, Janine, but as I was reading your question, it was reminding me of things that I've said to myself, things that I've heard from clients. And and so I just wanted to offer you a little bit of of my perspective uh, because I've been there and, you know, and I get it. So I think you should go out right now and buy yourself something cute. Treat yourself to something nice and celebrate every point you are at every size you are at whatever weight that may be, Um, because it doesn't matter what size you are. We all put on weight. We all struggle with body image, Um, but that doesn't mean we need to beat ourselves up. The world does enough of doing that around us so we could give ourselves some love once in a while. You know what I mean? Anyway, I think we should just leave it on that note, the perfect note to end this podcast on. I still have more style questions that you guys have been asking, and please still send them in. You could DM them to me. You could email. You could write them on Apple Podcasts reviews. But I love hearing from you, and I will definitely do another style segment on this podcast. But until then, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned a little something, something, and just know we have some great shows in store for you. I'm excited for this new year. I have some great guests coming up amazing conversations, more friends to share with you. And I'm thoroughly enjoying doing this podcast, but I wouldn't even be able to do this podcast if it weren't for you, the listeners, my low lifers. I am so grateful, appreciative of you as a listener. Oh, I can't thank you enough. We have this little low life community that we've built from the ground up and it's overwhelmed me in the best way possible because going into this, I had zero expectations and I was just hoping for, you know, 100 downloads, some friends and family to listen. Um, But the fact that I have actual listeners that are, you know, tuning in every single week and being so supportive and kind, sharing this podcast with their friends and family, loved ones, it makes a big difference. And, and, you know, this little shit show is, is very close to my heart. And the fact that I get to share it with you every week means the world to me. And when it comes to up and coming new podcasts that are released out into the world, there are millions of podcasts out there, hundreds of thousands that are launched every single day. But the best way to support a podcast, especially up and comers, is to leave that review on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating, and actually writing a review. It could be anything you want it to be in the review section. The more, the better. Um, They really help with the analytics, the algorithm. It helps getting sponsors for the podcast. So writing that review, again, is a game changer. And I have listeners who have written 
several reviews, so thank you for doing that. These reviews could be anything you want it to be. Throw a little dick emoji, a little eggplant my way, salsa dancer, a tamale or two, a martini, hearts, rainbows. It's all appreciated. Some people actually write a message, so thank you for leaving that message. And if you could do me a solid and make sure you leave your Instagram handle in the actual review, at somewhere in it. Because the Low Life Gifting Suite is open for business and I'm sending out treats to my listeners, picking them at random in the Apple review section on Apple Podcasts. You can also uh, leave a five-star review on Spotify if you're listening to this on the Spotify app. But again, it just helps tremendously. So thank you for taking the time to do that. I read each and every single review and I love picking random listeners who support this podcast and putting together a little cute, chic gift box and sending it your way for the new year. And these gift boxes have you know, gift cards, gifts from our sponsors, pickle popcorn, some trashy sangria. Uh, now I'm going to throw in some cactus coolers in the mix and all things that I love. And I know you will love them too. And if you don't love it, that's okay. You can re-gift it, but at least you're getting a little something special from the Low Life Podcast to say gracias. So I want to read some reviews from some incredible low lifers. All right. First one up comes from Rebecca and her name on Apple Podcasts is Otto Butter. <laughs> O-T-T-O Butter. All right. Rebecca writes, great podcast, five stars. I'm listening to the queen talk about her grandma and I'm in tears. Oh, my grandma was from Harlingen and my grandpa from Brownsville. Oh, nice. I too didn't want to be Mexican when I was young. <laughs> you get it, Rebecca. I hated the tamale line and didn't truly understand how precious that time was. Thank you for helping me reconnect with my wonderful childhood memories and my wonderful grandma. Oh, Rebecca. That is so sweet. I love this review. Thank you for sharing that. And I completely get where you're coming from because, you know, unfortunately, I've lost my grandparents. But, you know, this tradition of, you know, tamales or making bunuelos de aviento or menudo or all these beautiful dishes that we've had an opportunity to share together as a family. They're so special. A lot of the recipes passed down generation by generation. So I didn't come to appreciate that in life until I was a grown ass man, but it's never too late to start traditions and to continue traditions. And these recipes have definitely helped me feel a connection to loved ones I have lost. And that's really special. So that's why I want to keep the tradition, the tamale tradition going strong. And I'm glad you are doing the same and can appreciate you know, how special these recipes are. All right, next review coming in hot from the Pacific Northwest, K Shaw Zay. I love this. K Shaw Z A Y Y. At K Shaw Zay writes, Pretty please with five stars. LVR, it's been a minute since you've done a fashion trends episode. Oh, perfect timing for this review. Uh, what's coming in this hot new year? Sending lots of love from Washington State with a little pine tree. Oh, at Kate Shaw Zay. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I didn't go over too many trends for 2022. I more so talked about the ones that I actually hate. Um, but I will do another fashion episode just for you. And we will talk about all of the hottest trends coming in for 2022, uh, along with more trends that I can't stand and some fashion mistakes to avoid, that sort of thing. There's also a lot of fashion questions that you guys have asked me. So yeah, there has to be another episode that's coming in hot for you. Don't you worry. But thank you for that kind review. All right, we have time for one more review. This one is coming from EMCAR17. MCAR17 writes, yes, five stars. Thank you for keeping me company each week as I commute. You kept me company while I was in the hospital too. You distract me from all my weekly woes. Your silliness and realness is so refreshing and honest. Thank you. 
Uh, M Car 17. Firstly, I hope you are feeling good and you are not in the hospital right now. I'm going to be sending T's and P's, thoughts and prayers, and good energy your way um, so that you feel healthy going into the new year. But also, I'm glad I could keep you company on your commute. That makes me so happy because I'm definitely familiar with long ass commutes. <laughs> I've been having to go from Los Angeles to Orange County, back and forth, back and forth um, with my dad, his doctor's appointments and stuff. Um, So I get it. And having a good podcast to get you through it, sitting through some traffic, it is the best. So thanks for including me in your car rides and letting me distract you from your weekly woes. But on that note, I hope you have a beautiful weekend ahead. You get to relax a little bit, maybe clean out your closet, spice up your wardrobe with a whole new color. Try something different. Make yourself a trashy sangria. But don't forget to drink your water with us. Because I know you're thirsty. <laughs> we, we love, love you. you. And we're out. <laughs> Bye. Bye, guys. Over there with two. <laughs>